2: This Habermen of Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Sherry's Berries, John.
0: Just go to berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Go to the microphone, top right corner, promo code HAM. And it's brought to you by Untuckit. Untuckit.com. When you check out, promo code HAM, 20% off. And Hair HairClub. HairClub.com slash HAM. Go sign up today.
2: Now to the seg, Mint. So let's talk about that then, that aspect of it. Like, did they get big picture now did they get guys that will keep them are they they got two first rounders the bears and theirs next year and the drafts in vegas are they drafted in the middle of the first round with their pick or are they drafted at the top of it and the end of it like when we come away from this thing big picture and i know a lot of this is already in stone after round one because they had three guys in the first round but how much well, better here, here, are they today here, here, than they were wednesday
0: well here's my thing Their guys, like the upside to be elite rookies, are probably not there. Now, these guys might have good careers, but the knock on Jonathan Abram, who probably is their best, to me, of their first-round rookie, of just truly most people viewed him. He went where he was supposed to go, good player, but he's a little deficient in coverage, and he's a hammer. But when you crush people in the NFL, what happens? You get flagged. So the transition for him will be a little difficult. Like, is Cleveland Farrell, I mean, how's he going to get, like, seven, eight sacks? He's by far their best defensive lineman. He's going to get double teamed every play. Josh Jacobs, he's their quote-unquote starting running back, but he's not going to be as good of a pass catcher right away as, like, Jalen Rashard. Like, Jalen Rashard is one of the better pass-catching running backs in the league, you know? So it's like their team this year, are they incrementally better? Sure, they're just deeper, but they're not, like – Going from a four to a ten-win team to me, especially with the schedule, like I kind of view them as a six-win team. Which you would hope when you have three first-rounders, right? That's yeah, you can make a distinct jump. When I, I think it's going to be a little more difficult, just because I don't see the high end of like two of their three rookies being like all-pro level guys. And that to me was like, if they were going to take a jump, damn, they got their first round was Devin White, Montez Sweat, and let's say Jonathan Abram. And then they got Josh Jacobs in the second round. I'd be like, damn. Well, maybe they got, what if Devin White's a all rookie guy? Montez Sweat gives him 10 sacks. Abrams, their guy, safety. And Josh Jacobs is starting a running back. But instead, they, like their second round guy, Trav- Travion Mullen. For, again, one of those names when people text me, they drafted Mullen. I'm like, who? Like Clemson. I'm like, position? They're like, corner. Well, he fits the perfect athletic profile. He's 6'2. And I said, well, what's his knock? They're like, obviously he's a good player. He's a two-year starter on this team, which is fucking loaded. So he's a legitimate NFL prospect. But they're like, his he doesn't make plays on the ball. And then you Google, he had seven career pass breakups. And I saw PBUs. There you go. He did have the pick in the in the national championship, but not the pick six, the pick where Tua just overthrew everyone and he just ran under it. Like that's one of those where Lewis would go, yeah, that's a pick, but that's not a true pick. Lewis's defense of this guy was that, well, how are you supposed to make plays on the ball when they never throw at you? Like they were always throwing to the other side. So, and this is where in college it gets dicey. So does he just not have good instincts? Because I, I, my my one guy that I trust, the number one guy I go for his opinion, just goes, I don't think his instincts are that great. He liked it. He thought it was – he was get, he knew he was getting – Go between like fifty and seventy-five. Like that's the range for that level player. Mm -hmm. But it's just when that's what you lack. Like Josh Jacobs, he doesn't have top-end speed. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter at running back. If you don't have instincts to make plays on the ball at corner, that can be a problem. Even if you can run, even if you're tall, we saw it with DJ.
2: Well, you would say like Byron Murphy is kind of the like he's not physically as big, but people just feel like the
0: dude's a baller, right? Well, I'll give you a guy that stands out to me was was not Kevin King, but, uh, Sidney Jones. No, I, who, I think, uh, Josh King, maybe the chargers, chargers, defensive backfield, uh, chargers roster. Fuck. They, they had a guy a couple years ago from, uh, from Iowa who is. Let me search by Iowa. Great podcast. Desmond King. Who they took, I think, in the like third round or fourth round. Well, his knock in college was he was slow. So people were like, ah, oh, you can't really play corner when you're slow. But he just made plays on the ball, a ton of PBUs, and they oh, they got him in the fourth round. Well, what does he do in, in the pros? He fucking makes plays on the ball nonstop because he's just an instinctive player. You can make up for being a defensive back if you're just truly instinctive at safety or especially at corner like this guy, Mullen, can run. I think he ran like a four-four-eight at the combine. But if you're always just never looking back at the ball, it doesn't matter if you're right there. So that's that's going to be on the coat. Can you coach him up? I'm a believer it's kind of an innate thing by the time you leave college. I think you can coach him up like once you get to a major college, like at 18 years old. But I, how often do you see guys, you know, this guy never made plays on the ball. And then he leaves the league in picks. That's just not really how it works. Yeah, I don't – like like ten- Richard Sherman naturally had ball skills because he was a former receiver, right? He just- well,
2: so that's interesting. I was talking to my buddy Evan Moore the other day who played at Stanford with Richard Sherman and, like, knows um, – he was at Stanford when Walt Harris got there. And Walt had been the coach at Pitt when Larry Fitzgerald was there. And I guess Larry has this technique for, like, what, how he tracks the ball that Walt Harris tried to teach to people at Stanford. Like, here's the technique. It's like, yeah, the technique is fine, but the difference is Larry tracks the ball better than anybody else in the world. So Larry's thing was like Larry's running down the right sideline, let's say, and he'd leave a little room over his outside shoulder, right, for the quarterback to throw the ball. As soon as he would look over his left shoulder, but then he would, like, put his head back like he's looking straight up to the sky, he could track it that way all the way over to the right to the other shoulder, and he would push a guy off he would push a guy off with his left arm at the last second and then be able to catch it over the opposite shoulder. So Walt Harris is, like, teaching everybody at Stanford this thing, and Evan's like, in, in warm-ups, people can't do it. Like, it is so freaking hard to do. Like, the technique that Larry used only worked because Larry could lose the football and then refind it looking straight up in the sky and catch it in his, all over his other shoulder. Like, I don't think, John, you can learn. Like, there is just outfielders the same deal like you see the ball and then you just turn and run and you just know where the ball is going to be like that's I gotta, not teachable
0: i got a stat for you on desmond king he actually went in the 5th round cuz he ran really slow he is was the only big 10 player in a 20 year stretch with 12 plus ints so like he just finds the football now you get him in the fifth round. You're like, oh, me and you, fifth round kind of throwaway. Well, he's your starter. He's a starting defensive back for him, yeah. and he fucking makes plays. And so far in the NFL, he's got a bunch of picks. He's got multiple picks. He's got in two years, he's got four picks, and how many PBUs? And 15 PBUs. So this guy went in the fifth round. He's become a full time starter. He's got four picks and 15 PBUs. Like, you you either make plays on the ball or you don't. It's just – that's why Byron Murphy, I think 90% of NFL scouts that like Byron Murphy will be like, I don't know if he's ever going to be Deion Sanders, but he ain't going to fail. Like, worse, he'll just be your nickel, he can tackle, and he makes plays on the football. Like, that, you just don't teach that in the NFL. Because we – you and I have had a front row seat for all these DBs just with the Niners and Raiders these last, like, five, six years. They're like, oh, I'm telling – a killer weather spoon. He's 6'2", he can run. He just can't find the fucking football. DJ Hayden. I started to kind of like DJ Hayden. I'm like, God, he he plays hard. He's tough. But he just can't find the ball. So that that would be my one question just with him.
2: Where's the high
0: end? Are you getting pro bowlers out of your top four picks? Yeah, but once you get to that point, like like the knock on Greedy. Like Greedy who went. They passed on Greedy Williams for this guy. So Greedy goes to the Browns. They weren't the only ones. Yeah, six or seven picks later. But i just think in that – they were kind of in the greedy range there. I, I thought they kept trading back to get greedy. The knock on greedy is not necessarily playing the ball. It's that people in the league think he's like the ultimate puss. He will not tackle. Someone told me they were praying to God that this team in their division that they thought were gonna take him in the first round would take him. Like <laughs> we will just we will run sweep at them every day. They asked John Dorsey that question. I thought John Dorsey had a pretty good quote. And I, I kind of lean with John on this one. We pay greedy to cover, not tackle. So you just when that's your deal. Well, okay, if greedy's a good cover guy, you can make up for it,
2: right? But you gotta be a, yeah, you gotta be a really good cover guy. You gotta make sure that you're really.
0: good. If you're that. a starting corner and mm. like a legitimate cover guy, okay, he doesn't really want to tackle. No one really cares that much. Yeah. But you can't be getting smoked and refuse to tackle. Right. But to me, like that, we talk about Debo. Compared to all the other receivers, right in the second, like to me the Raiders, you chose Trayvon, and both of them fit the profile. You want this tall corner. You thought that Trayvon Mullen is a better player than Greedy Williams, obviously on your board, right? That's one to kind of. And the Browns are going to be a relevant team. So like, is Greedy, is it Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams the two starting corners, or is like Greedy a backup year one? Is is Mullen making plays, or is Mullen getting smoked and Greedy's making plays? Let's just just let's just keep an eye on that one i like that's what's fun about the draft right is like it's not necessarily just judge on is this guy good or not how's he relative to the position of the guys that you clearly had stacked lower on the board
2: yeah yeah the other one
0: that's kind of fun for me for
2: the raiders to watch is the the tight end they took foster is it Moro? is that you say his name
0: it's such a new orleans last name isn't
2: it but same deal right he wears number 18 that's a big number at lsu
0: what does what? that mean, like the highest character guy on the team? Yeah, I'm not sure what schedule?
2: the tradition of it is, but there's something to it. Um, but he's one of the fastest
0: tight ends. You know what I love he also with was... Max telling that story? is that How many times has that goddamn story been said in the draft room? This 18 guy, yeah, let's I'm check you, the history of a guy. lot. It means a lot in the program because the SEC scout, he hears about it all the time when he goes in LSU. Like the position coaches, so I'm telling you to get to warrant wearing this number at this program. This speaks to his character, his willingness to get down in the gutter, (laughs) throw his body around. So Max heard this story over and over and over again, and then tells a story like anyone in the room has any clue what the number 18 in California means to LSU. Uh,
2: It's been a tradition since 2003 when Matt (laughs) Mock (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's a little overhyped they, they made it sound like this has been going back since like the 40s didn't they
2: and i think it's just the thing that the players do so like yeah. then matt mock passed it down to jacob hester good player uh didn't well, matt make this sound like
0: it was like a 50 year old tradition
2: i yeah i <laughs> i thought that's what it was but i don't he might be like the fifth guy ever to wear the number because jacob hester it in like oh seven
0: but in fairness to Mike, I would imagine in the scouting room with the scouts, they talk about this but here's, stuff.
2: But yeah, but also here is the thing with the
0: guy, right? He was one of the fastest tight
2: ends that tested. He had one of the highest verts.
0: Well, my my, I te- so immediately I, I don't know much about this guy. I He's say big. what's? I say you like Monroe, and they said yes, Mo- tough guy. Monroe. The prop Moreau. The problem is, the one text that I got plays like four nine, despite running four six. So he ran really fast. But this guy's point was he does he plays slow.
2: They took a <clears> bit like what Mayock made clear, though, was they made a bet on him, right? We think he's more athletic than people think. Like, that's what he said. Like, we went out and went one-on-one with him. I love the idea of, like, their tight ends coach, like, redirecting him like he's a linebacker or a safety.
0: But the, the, he's a he's the classic guy of until the combine happens all year long, you're like, God, this guy runs like a slug. He's slow. Then the combine happens, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy just ran four, six flat. They think they can coach him up, clearly.
2: More than most and, people think he can that, be coached
0: but, up. Yeah, and that's, to me, what round did this guy go? Fourth? Uh, I think four, end of four. I, four I got no five. problem with kind of flyer-ish. I wouldn't call a fourth-round pick a flyer, but kind of betting on the come. 35th I, pick of the fourth round. I, I, I got no issue with that. though. So, so he's a comp I, pick. I, though I do think many in the league that probably didn't like him would be like, yeah, he's a, he's a workout warrior. He's not a player when it comes to run, Because the way I, he was described to me was much more Lee Smith than what I think, like, the way you said Mayak described him as, yeah. like, they think they can get a Jared Cook.
2: If the Pats had drafted Hunter Renfro, everyone would love that pick.
0: Well, I like the Hunter Renfro. I mean, the Hunter Renfro pick's a good pick. I, I think Hunter Renfro will be the starting slot receiver for the Oakland Raiders week one. You want a bold prediction? He'll lead the team in receptions? I wouldn't go that far, but I, I do think that their starting lineup will be Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams Flex outside and him in the slot. Now I would say this also though, guy who is their tight end? Like Jared cook was pretty important to them. Like depending on this guy at LSU to just be a pass catching tight end you right away is a lot to ask. No.
2: All right. Anything else on them?
0: Uh, I just hope Mayock keeps giving press conferences. It's sure. kind of entertaining. I love it. I love it. Uh, Want to go to the Raiders rookie minicamp next mm. week?
2: Me either. Uh, John, did... in,
0: fair, in fairness, like I always text my coaching buddies, like how's the rookie minicamp? They're like brutal.
2: <laughs> uh, is Josh Rosen going to Dolphins minicamp? You think rookie minicamp?
0: Yeah, I think I he'll be there tomorrow.
2: Else.